Hello all, this is 49ers fangirl Tracy, joined as always by SoCali Steph. Hi Steph. Hey Tracy, how are you? I'm doing well, how are you doing? I'm doing well, I'm excited about today's guest. I am too. You guys, we are very lucky to be joined by Bleacher Reports NFL draft expert Matt Miller. Welcome Matt. Hey, thanks for having me back on, guys. I'm, I'm excited to be talking to you again. Actually, I should say welcome back, Matt. Um, yeah. Uh, we talked to Matt last year before the draft, and um, I think this draft will hopefully end up being a better one for the 49ers, as will hopefully the season. I think there are a lot of interesting things going on with the 49ers this year that were not going on last year. So it'll be fun to talk about that. Uh, the draft is coming up. Next week, as I think everyone who listens to this podcast probably knows, the 49ers have the second pick in the draft. Um, obviously still up in the air as to whether or not they end up trading back for more picks, which is certainly a strong possibility. But right now they have the number two pick. So our listeners know Steph's and my thoughts on that. Matt, what are you thinking? What are you seeing with this draft for the 49ers? Uh, hopefully a trade back is what I keep saying because it's it's a weird year to have the number two pick in the draft because you know traditionally you're going to have a quarterback or a left tackle or a defensive end go number one overall and this year we're going to have a defensive end go number one overall Miles Garrett and he's viewed as a you know a, a decade type talent you know a guy who doesn't come low very often and if he's there you draft him I think the problem is for the 49ers is it's a bad year to have the number two pick because there's not that. You know, there's not that second guy. There's not a quarterback worthy of the number two pick. There's not a left tackle worthy of the number two pick. And and so when you look at those positions that are they're traditionally valued high in the draft, there's no one who fits that mold this year. And so I think we're seeing a lot of analysts kind of force people into that that spot, you know, of saying like, okay, well, it could be Solomon Thomas or it could be Marshawn Lattimore. And um, just because there's not, you know, there's such a big drop off this year from Miles Garrett to the rest of the class. And and the players who would be considered, you know, by like guys like myself who great players, you know, it's okay. Well, Leonard Fournette would be second, but then there's that huge argument of well, you don't draft a running back with the number two overall pick. So it's a really, I think, hard year to be a 49ers fan, not just because of, of how bad last year was, and you've got a regime change, and and none of us really know what to expect with John Lynch as a first time GM and Kyle Shanahan as a first time head coach, but. Now you're in a weird draft class where it's almost like any pick that you make at number two feels like a reach. That's interesting. That's actually a, a very interesting way to look at it. And I, I kind of feel like, and this is I think basically what you said, there's also not a huge difference between number two and number eight. Like in, in terms of talent, who you get at two isn't probably all that different from who you get at eight. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do agree. And, and you know, I've, I've been on radio shows and other podcasts with, with Niner fans and, and Bay Area people, and I've... I'm advocating hard for a trade back. And, and I say that as someone who grew up in Niners film, like I care about this team. So this isn't just me trying to, you know, I don't, I don't get paid more if the draft is more exciting by a trade down or anything like that. So I, I would, you know, as an evaluator and as an analyst, like I would be all about trying to move out of that spot. And if it's someone who wants to come up for Mitch Trubisky or Leonard Fournette or Solomon Thomas or whomever it might be, you're absolutely right. I, I think this year there are about, you know, eight to nine, maybe 10 really good players. And the problem is, you know, players two through 10 are, are very similarly graded, uh, especially if you don't value a running back at two, because I happen to think Leonard Fournette is a, a great player, uh, but taking a running back that early is, is a hard pill to swallow, especially when he's not been a great pass catcher in college, like Ezekiel Elliott was. And, and then you have Reuben Foster, who is seemingly a fit for the 49ers, 
Um, but, you know, he's had um, some injury issues in the past. Um, he's had, you know, some, like, minor off-field stuff. You know, he got he got kicked out of the combine for, you know, having an argument with a, a hospital worker. And, and he's been banged up in Alabama. So I think there are enough concerns there that, that then you get to that next cluster of guys and you got a couple safeties in there with Jamal Adams and Lake Hooker. You know, Jonathan Allen from Alabama, Salman Thomas from Stanford. Do you really want to draft the defensive lineman uh, in the first round three years in a row? So it, it you get to a hard spot where if you're John Legend, Kyle Shanahan, or even you know us fans, you're sitting here thinking, "Gosh, what is the right move for this team here?" And I, I think it's definitely a trade down when you when you have a board that becomes very flat in terms of, of talent. That's that's when the writing's on the wall to try to get out of that spot. So let's pretend um, the dream scenario comes true and they trade down for more picks. How does that look in your mind? Who do they end up picking in those in a little bit later in the first round? You know, I would love to see a trade back where you can, you know, let's say the, the hypothetical trade that was floated out there was um, Carolina comes up from eight to two and, and throws in a second this year and a second next year. Um, I, I would love to see Rube Foster at eight. Um, you get your middle linebacker of the future. Um, and, you know, with Navarro Bowman getting older and, and having been banged up, uh, you bring in Michael Smith of free agency. You know Aaron Lynch is going to move to more of a defensive end role in this new defense. So you have a pretty good three-man uh, linebacking rotation there with with those players. And and I think you can start to think about you know Maud Brooks riding off into the sunset as well. So Foster at eight would be a dream come true in my opinion. And then when you come back around um, at pick thirty-four, you know that's where you can start to look at maybe getting a corner. Um, you know maybe someone like. Um, you know Marlon Humphrey if he's still there, or Adoree Jackson, um, Kevin King. Um, this is an area where you could get a, a corner, and especially someone like Kevin King or Marlon Humphrey because they're so long and physical at the line of scrimmage, which is great for this new defensive scheme. And the current roster doesn't really have the players that would fit that mold. Um, unless Rashard Robinson's going to you know gain 15 pounds in the offseason of muscle and, and learn to play the line of scrimmage. So, should pick from Carolina. 64 because they they had that trade with the Patriots and you could but available here you know you could look at a running back like Alvin Kamara who would be a great fit in Kyle's offense because of his passing ability uh, this is a deep wide receiver draft around too so someone like Zay Jones uh, could possibly be available and uh, Cooper Cup could be available and these are guys who you know they're not they're not going to be number one receivers but they're going to be very very good number two receivers and, and now that we have Marquis Goodwin and and Pierre Garçon, like you can fill out your wide receiver core pretty well with the picks. And Steph, uh, I think Matt said your two favorite words for this draft: <laughs> wide receiver. <laughs> Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Steph is very big for years. Steph has been begging for the 49ers to draft a strong wide receiver. So, Steph, why don't you talk a little about that? Yeah, I mean, I have, and it's and it's been sort of a sad a state of a you know affairs. But I think with Kyle Shanahan's offense, and I think people are sort of forgetting about this. I know Fournette's like sort of the guy to talk about, and Hooker's the guy to talk about. But with Shanahan, he really largely depended on those slants and having somebody to throw to. And I know we don't have a quarterback. Necessarily, but uh, I think that's very disrespectful to Brian Hoyer. <laughs> but you know, I I think in his offense, he's going to need somebody that's going to be able to make those quick, short plays and have options. And that's something that um, it seems like people are forgetting about. I know everybody's like really like into the defense aspect of it, but I think that the 
like the secondary was probably like the not the worst place the 49ers were in. <laughs> that wasn't the worst part of the team. It was bad. I mean, everything was bad. I mean, you could literally get a dart and throw it and like find anybody that's going to be an improvement over last year. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think it was the worst place to start. So I think like drafting and safety at one it just doesn't really necessarily make sense. Like, I'd like to see something, and I, I think it's too soon to draft, a, like, an O-line person at that spot. But definitely at 34, you know, my hope would be to trade down and get a wide receiver and then a O-line person. <laughs> what was the last thing you said, Steph? I said that it, if we're going to um, trade down, my my wishes would be to get a wide receiver and an O-line, considering, like, what you both said, is I think between 2 and 12, it's pretty much an even, um, it's an even board. So as far as, like, talent-wise. So if, if I was going to do it, I would definitely do something where we could get the run game started with an offensive lineman and then also maybe get a wide receiver to create some damage. So, Matt, I've been um, pretty high on Malik Hooker, which is a great headline. <laughs> We're not a fangirl high on Hooker. Um, it was a fantastic headline one day. But I've been really high on Malik Hooker. But my two, like, draft crushes um, are really John Ross and Christian McCaffrey. Do you see any scenario in which they end up on the 49ers? And do you think it would even be a good fit? I mean, I think Ross would obviously definitely be a good fit. But do you think McCaffrey would even be a good fit? Yeah, I think McCaffrey would be a great fit, but I, I don't see a scenario where they're they're there unless, you know, there's some wicked like Cleveland Browns like trading back like they did last year to, to net all those picks. So um it you know, I always two weeks before the draft, almost anything's possible. But um, you know, like John Ross could be there. I think he's the more likely of the two because of the past injury issues that he has. You know, he's had uh, two very, very serious knee surgeries now. He's, you know, sat out most of the pre draft process with uh, shoulder surgery, being a small guy who's had those types of injuries, that could definitely push you down the board a little bit. So that is one to watch. Um, maybe he's there at 34. McCaffrey, everything I'm hearing about McCaffrey is he's a lock to be picked in the top 14. Um, it could go as early as eight. Um, you know, the, the Eagles at 14 definitely make a lot of sense. So I think his value has gone up so much that it's, it's not likely he's going to be there. But I mean, he is like your ideal fit, I think, in that offense because what he could do out of the backfield as a receiver and, and especially in his own running scheme, I think he has the vision and the instincts and the, you know, kind of one-cut burst to be a pretty good value there. And and I'm with you. Like, I've been banging the table for a receiver since uh, the Alshon Jeffrey draft, whenever that was, you know, <laughs> 2011, 2012. Um, so uh, I, I think this is the weird year to go – like, I love Mike Williams, but – to draft him at two, I think would be a mistake. Um, he would be a good trade back option, possibly if they can get someone to do that. But looking at you know rounds two and three, that's where there's a lot of value at the receiver position this year. Whether it's someone like Zay Jones or Cooper Cup or uh, Juju Smith-Schuster or Curtis Samuel, like there, there's some pretty good receiver options in round two who be coming to be starters right away. And I'd even say in round three, there are good receivers with you know, Carlos Henderson and, and Chris Godwin, Josh Reynolds, like there. Are, are plenty of good players in this year's draft where you don't have to, you know, like you don't have to panic and grab one. You can still get a pretty good player. Would it be insane if they traded back to draft McCaffrey at eight? 
Um, it wouldn't be insane. I don't think you'd have very many heavy fans because, you know, trading back to get a running back, um, especially a guy who is unfairly seen as a gadget player. I, I think a lot of people would be upset with that. Um, you know, I personally would be okay with it because I like his value. Um, and it, it would also depend on what you're getting in terms of picks. You know, if you are getting those, you know, extra picks in, in rounds two this year, next year, it, it probably makes more sense because then you could, you know, talk about doing a package where, okay, if we go running back at eight, can we get a good linebacker at, at 34? And, and what can we get with that extra two this year? So it, it's not crazy. Um, I don't think Carolina would trade out of that spot to give up a chance to get him. So that's probably the, the hardest part of that deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if, if there's a good trade back for the Niners, then I absolutely think that he comes back on the radar. You know, there's a lot of connections there, you know, with his dad um, having played in Denver. He's a Stanford kid. Lynch is a Stanford guy. So, I mean, yeah, we could connect those dots all day, but unfortunately it, it might not be super realistic. Well, who likes to live in reality? That's that's silly. Let's talk a little bit about this quarterback class. Um, Who do you see as a fit? I do not, I don't think this is, this is not groundbreaking information, but obviously the 49ers should not pick a quarterback at number two, not out of this class. But in the later rounds, obviously they're going to have to draft one. Who do you see as a great fit? And then Steph, I want to hear your thoughts on this too. We've talked about it, but I'd like to talk about it more. Yeah, you're right. It's not a great year to draft a quarterback, especially at number two overall. Um, so hopefully that one doesn't happen. But, you know, in the later rounds, because that's what I've been a big advocate for is let's get a guy in the later rounds. Um, I like Brad Kaya as a mid-round guy who, um, if you can build up some of his arm strength, fix some of the footwork issues. And I know he also he played with a bone spur uh, in, in one of his feet this year that was affecting his throwing motion and, and threw, kind of threw some things off. I think he is someone that could be a nice developmental player, not so unlike what Kirk Cousins was coming out of Michigan State. Um, so he would be a fine fit for me. Um, you know, like everyone's like on this Josh Dobbs thing right now, and I liked him when he was a fifth round pick. You know, it was like this is a good developmental player, a guy that we can you know sit and work with and learn. You know, now he's being talked about as a round three guy. I think that's a little early for him, but as far as someone who has the mental makeup, has the leadership abilities, has the athleticism. I like him in the middle rounds if he somehow happens to be there. Steph? Um, I'm still stuck on Nate Peterman from Pitt. Um, I just like where he stands in the 3-4 projected range. I think that's what he has to offer. I don't think he's going to be necessarily, you know, the groundbreaking quarterback that's going to be the franchise guy. But I do think that he could be good enough to get us through this year and sit under or with or in tandem with a guy like Hoyer and learn quite a bit. So I'm definitely, um, if we're going to draft a QB, I don't want it to be earlier than three. Um, He's still my guy at three or four. You're standing strong at Nate Peterman. I think. I mean, I think it's a good. I, I think it's a, a good pick, and I and I get what you're saying there. And Matt, is there? I mean, this is probably we could, you know, talk about potential scenarios all day long. It's what we do. Is there any chance Cleveland is dumb enough to draft a quarterback with the first pick, and Miles Garrett is still there too? Yes. <laughs> it sounds like yes. they are because it's like Cleveland, it. right? So it isn't like yeah, well, I think there's, there's a rumor they're going to get Trubisky. I feel like there's a better chance of that than Christian McCaffrey, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I actually agree. It's it's weird because, you know, I've, I've heard for months now that 
Uh, Cleveland likes Trubisky. Hugh Jackson likes Trubisky. And it's like, I always feel like the team with the number one pick doesn't have to smoke screen a whole lot. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it is who it is. You know, like the Rams last year, they didn't come out and say it was Jared Goff, but we all knew it was Jared Goff. And I, so I think this year it should be Miles Garrett. I think a lot of smart people are saying it will be Miles Garrett. But until that card is handed to the commissioner, I don't trust the Cleveland Browns to do the right thing. So uh, we can all <laughs> hold out hope. Um, I think if they mess it up, the 49ers will break some kind of record for how quickly a, a player would be selected. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it happens, but I'm, I'm not holding my breath. You're like, for the good, I was like, for the first time ever, I'm able to announce the number one and number two picks at the exact same time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah that would be pretty incredible. I guess anything's possible when it comes to Cleveland. And That's very true, yeah. For, for better or worse for those poor fans. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the later rounds because I think we all spend a lot of time talking about obviously the early rounds. Who do you, who else do you like to would you like to see the Fort Anders pick as we go deeper into the draft? Once we get past round three, who else are you looking at? Four, five, six, and seven. Yeah, I have a lot of like little pet projects in this year's draft. <laughs> Just guys I, I really like watching them play. Uh, Xavier Woods, the safety from Louisiana Tech, is one of those guys. Like just a, a hard hitter, smart player. I um, think he's an ideal strong safety in, in today's NFL. Marlon Mack, the running back from South Florida, I think he just has the quickness, he has the burst, the agility to be a really good NFL player. And he's kind of, for whatever reason, it's a deep running back class, but he's fallen through the cracks a little bit, and, and we're not talking about him probably as much as we should be. Um, so hopefully uh, you know, he lands in a good spot, but I would love to see him in San Francisco if they can't get a running back early in this draft. Um, Tedrick Thompson of Colorado, another safety I really like. If if they don't grab one early in the draft, I think he's someone you can get. You know, maybe top around four who could come in and be a starter pretty early on. Okay, and how about as we continue on? Yeah, I mean, going much much deeper. Uh, Dylan Cole, the linebacker from Missouri State. Not just saying this because I'm a Missouri guy, but <laughs> his production was phenomenal. Had a great pro day. Um, he would remind 49ers fans of Chris Borland because he's a little mm. you know, short, stocky, kind of sold-off linebacker, but great production, great instincts. Um, you know, he's probably a, a round five guy at this point. Um, you know, The one name that, that really intrigues me, and you guys are probably going to either laugh at me or, or hate me for this, is Chad Kelly. Like the, the, I know that the off-field is awful, and he's not the easiest guy to, to talk to and be around, but he is very intriguing to me because the arm strength and the athleticism and the accuracy, like he has some traits that you watch and you're like, gosh, dang, like this guy can actually play football really well. And if, if you could get past the personality and the injury and it's on the off field, which those are a lot of ifs, like, but he is intriguing as a late round quarterback that you would you know, not even worry about for 2017, but, but see if he could, you know, if you could turn those flashes into something solid, he is a starting NFL quarterback. Well, and I think if you're talking about a late round pick, that's where you can kind of take a chance on a Chad Kelly. Yeah, and I mean like round seven, like yeah. you know, <laughs> into the draft uh, if he's still there, because there's obviously you know a whole host of issues there. Um, but gosh, the the talent is pretty amazing as well. So the payoff could be you know, enormous. Well, maybe he just needs the right kind of coach and GM to help mold him. So you never know. I think, you know, I think, in, like you, I said before, I think around seven pick is where you can kind of take a chance on somebody like that. So we'll see. I just, I have this vision that right now 4,800 fans are so high on Lynch and Shanahan, and then at 5, 10 p.m. on the 27th, it's going to be like, 
skewering on Twitter. Um, it, it's a funny draft because I don't think there's anyone that everyone could agree on. It really goes back to what we said in the beginning. It, there's such a drop from one to two and beyond. Uh, that'll be very interesting to see what they do. And like you said, you've got a first-time GM and first-time head coach, so we have no way of really knowing what the philosophy is going to be and, and what their patterns are. So it'll be um, really interesting to see. Uh, t- taking a step away from the 49ers for a second, generally, is there any player in this draft that you feel like has not gotten as much attention as he deserved that you think has a real future in the NFL? Uh, you know, my guy's Quincy Wilson, the corner from Florida. Uh, and it's such a great corner class that I think it's easy to overlook players like this. But he is, you know, he's a great fit in a press scheme because of his size, his, his strength, um, you know, his instincts at the line of scrimmage are all very good. So uh, I see him as you know, being a, one of the 10 or 15 best players in the class. But because I think of guys like Marshawn Lattimore and, and Gary Conley and, and Marlon Humphrey and Kevin King and you know, all the great corners in this class, it's easy to forget about him and, I mean, he was really, you know, kind of in a big shadow with Tease Tabor being there and being such a big personality and, and you know, being such a well-known player. And, you know, even before that, Vernon Hargraves was there and, and Keanu Neal was there and Brian Poole was there and this year Marcus May was. So it's such a loaded secondary in Florida that it's easy to maybe overlook a guy. But I felt like Quincy Wilson was just a, a shutdown corner. I mean, he was rarely thrown out this year. I think he allowed, like, 12 catches all season. And, and when he was thrown out, he was able to flip the field and, and pick off some passes. And um, he's a good tackler, and he's, he's not the fastest guy. He's like a 4-5-4 four, four guy. But because of his length, I think that's plenty fast. And because of his instincts, he's able to kind of make up some ground. So if, if I were to have like a, a sleeper round one guy, then it's Quincy Wilson because he's, he's for whatever reason, not getting enough love out there nationally. That's interesting. What is there a team that you think he would fit better on than another, or you just think he's a great shutdown corner no matter who drafts him? No, I mean, I, I think San Francisco, Seattle, Jacksonville, um, anyone running that scheme where you want someone physical at the line of scrimmage, he's a great fit there. You know what New Orleans is going to do now? I think he's a, a very good fit there. Uh, Tennessee would be another team where I think you know, if he's there at pick 18, if they don't go corner at five, I think that's a great landing spot for him just because if they want to establish that kind of dominant you know, on both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage. And, and for John Robinson, who came from New England, I think Quincy's a little bit like Malcolm Butler and can give you that, you know, intimidator at the line of scrimmage who also has some ball skills. Okay. Cool. Steph, is there anybody you've had your eye on that you don't feel like has gotten that much attention? Well, I was just uh, going to just reply to that. I think um, I, I liked Quincy, too, uh, Quincy Wilson, as well, I think that one of the things that I saw is that he definitely was able to get um, a lot of separation, and I saw that a lot of times. Um, and I thought he had a lot of awareness, and he made impact plays, and I think that was something that was really interesting. And I liked his, I like his size, I and mean, it seems like a tough, durable defender. So um, that was an interesting uh, pick by Matt, because uh, somebody that I kind of had my eye on. But I also thought that he was, because he was, you know, opposite of the field, a really good, I mean, you know, Florida had a really deep, you know, corner um, capacity. So I think, I wasn't sure if it was really him or Tabor was taking some of, you know, that away from him. So I, it's an interesting uh, tandem that, to them. I mean, I think it was, a, it was a good backfield for sure. But I don't know... Um, I don't know if he could do that in the NFL. 
Well, I guess time will tell. <laughs> we'll talk again before next year's draft and we can <laughs> revisit this. Um, okay, so back to the 49ers. So, Matt, realistically, let's say this team has a, a good draft and, you know, it looks like Brian Hoyer for now will be the starting quarterback unless Matt Barkley has some kind of monster training camp um, in preseason. How much better will this team be next year? Well, I think the biggest thing is you're going to have like competent people making decisions on the of the ball, which is huge. So, um, you know, no more gadget scheme. Like, you know, Kyle is a, a person who he's going to scheme to his talent. And, yeah, there will always be some elements that, that follow him no matter where he is. But I, I think the team will be markedly better. You know, you're going to see, I think, you know, faster football, more aggressive football, guys who aren't paralyzed by trying to – think about all the things that they have to think about in the, the old Chip Kelly scheme. And, and so seeing that, I think one thing that Kyle does is, you know, he's an aggressive play caller, but he also just frees guys up to, to go be players. And it's a fun, fast-paced offense. And, and I think we'll see that on defense, too, with this new 4-3 under scheme. You know, they're going to go after the quarterback, and, and they're going to be aggressive at the line of scrimmage at, at corner. And, you know, the safeties are going to fly all over the field. So I think the team will, number one, be a lot more fun to watch. Um, but they're definitely going to be more aggressive, and and we'll see with uh, with what the draft brings. But I, I would expect, you know, this is not going to be a winning team next year. I don't, I'm not going to not going to sell that light to anyone. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they can go from where they were last year to a, a five or six win team that's trending in the right direction, and that you feel confident about the decision makers and and you know the the players who've been added. I, I really liked what they did in free agency. I, I thought they did a good job of executing a plan. Uh, of coming out saying, you know, we're gonna we're gonna bring some starters, we're gonna pay some money, uh, but but they they got guys who are just like very very solid football players. Like there there weren't a lot of question marks um, with with free agency. There weren't a lot of reaches. Um, so I, I like the direction that things are headed right now. But like you said, we'll find out at you know, about ten minutes after uh, the hour when they they come on the clock, and we'll see what they do. But and I think also in some ways, and as Steph said earlier. With the way the team was last year, you could throw a dart at pretty much anybody. Like, let's say anybody in the yeah. draft. And it's going to be, or in that, you know, in those top picks, and it's going to be an improvement. So I'm sure, you know, even if fans are quote unquote unhappy at 510, or excuse me, 810 Eastern, um, I still think whoever they pick will be an improvement. I mean, they need yeah, to It'll be nice to just not have a defensive tackle, too, you know. <laughs> right. Like, um, and, and I say that, you know, I, I had a good relationship with the Trent Baalke staff, but it, it just, you know, I always felt like they were so conservative with the picks. You know, it's like, let's go, you know, de-tackle, de-tackle, and then, you know, going back to 14 and, and 13, it was so many defensive backs and guys who, you know, we're going to draft a nickel corner in the first round. Like, And the team wasn't good enough to spend a first-round pick on a nickel corner. And, um so, yeah, I, I think that, or I hope that things are headed in the right direction. Um, and, and I would say that the early early signs are pointing that, that Kyle and John have a pretty good handle on what they're doing. I agree. Steph, I think you had something to say. I was just curious what Matt had to say as far as, like, what should the 49ers build upon? I mean, is it the defense where we have in the past, or do you think we should start, like, a new offensive? Or is it just, I mean, where do you start? You know, that was sort of my question. Like, I I didn't even know where to start as a fan when I was looking at the draft because there's so many needs. But what would your your opinion on it? 
Well, I think there's some strength right now on the offensive line. Um, you know, with adding Zane Beatles, adding uh, Jeremy Zutan, they just, you know, while we were talking, they, they you know, have uh, uh, Seattle's offensive mm-hmm. line. They get Gillen signing a, uh, an offer sheet. So I think building on the offensive line is really smart. Um, and you can do, you know, you can do a lot of things. You don't have to have a great quarterback if he's protected and is able to make decisions, especially in this offense. So I look at the offensive line as a great area to start. Um, and especially in a weak O-line class, building through free agency, I, I felt like was pretty smart. So on defense, you know, I I think we have to wait and see. There's so many young players that have to take the next step. You know, Eric Armstead does. Yeah. Buckner had a good rookie year, but we have to see if he'll take the next step. Um, you know, all the corners and safeties, you know, Joukowsky Tart, we still have to see what he's going to be. And, and Eric Reed has not been the same since his rookie year. And Jimmy Ward has really never found a, a consistent home. And um, I, I know a lot of scouts who felt like Rashard Robinson, had it not been for some off-field stuff, would have been a, a first-round player. So there's a ton of talent back there. It's just, you know, these guys have been bounced around so much, and they've changed schemes so many times. And so hopefully there can just be some consistency on defense. But I like the talent in the secondary if they're given room to grow a little bit. I agree. What do you think about that offensive tackle from Wisconsin? I can't say his last name right. Ryan... You probably know it. Ryan Ram? Ryan Ramchick, yeah. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> I had a guess on that. What do you think about him? Because I've been a little curious about him. He's a huge man. Yeah, he's, you know, he is big. And I think the biggest questions with Ramchick are uh, he was only a one year starter at Wisconsin because he was a Juco kid. Um, right now, he's not able to do anything because he had a, a torn labrum. So he's out right now. And I think when you watch him play, there were definitely some struggles with length. So he may project best as a guard, uh, you know, kind of like Brandon Scherf was or kind of like Zach Martin or, or Joel Batonio, uh, which is not a bad thing. You know, you could be a, a very good right guard and, and every team needs that. But he is he's an interesting guy because I, I think that you're going to have to clean up some technique issues and he's definitely going to have to learn to play better balance. But he is he's a pretty you know easy projection too because you can – you know, you can look at him and say, man, this guy could be a 10-year starter at right guard, you know, mm-hmm. right out of the gate. And, you know, maybe he can eventually help you at tackle, too. So he's intriguing. Um, he's probably going to go in the top. You know, he's definitely going to go in round one. I would say top 25 picks are pretty likely for him, unless something crazy just comes out of his uh, medical evaluation um, because he is hurt right now. So that would be the only thing I could think of. All right. I was hoping that maybe he would drop to 34, but it doesn't look like it. <laughs> I mean, like we were saying, anything's possible, but I would be surprised right now. Well, I don't know because Cleveland's not involved. I think anything's possible when <laughs> Cleveland's involved. I don't know if it's going <laughs> to happen without Cleveland, but that was a good question, Steph. Well, Matt, do you have any parting thoughts for our 49ers fans going into this draft? Any oh, words I, of wisdom? I think it's a deep draft. It's one of the deepest drafts I can remember, and, and while it's not top-heavy, I think Niner fans um, – don't rush to judgment on night one. Let's wait and see what happens. You know, um, they, they have a lot of picks and try to think of it as a, a whole class, not just, it's not just the first round pick who's going to make an impact. So let's wait and see what the vision is on, on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Kind of let things sink in. Like it's, it's cool to get excited you know, with that first round pick and everyone, you know, always kind of rest their hopes and dreams on that guy. But I, I think that we're going to learn a lot about the front office and the coaching staff with the direction they go. So it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I'm excited as a fan to see see where they're going and, and who the new players are going to be. Which I think is actually good. Point. And I, it, it's a really good point. I think it's good words of wisdom for the season because 
I think it's going to be, as you said, a lot more fun. Um, and we're going to get to see the direction. And it's going to it's going to take a little time. So I think it's good I, words. Steph, any thoughts? This is our last well, I, I think, one. I mean, I think Matt hit a lot of things on the head. I mean, we're going to really get, we're going to see as fans where the front office taking the 49ers. And for the first time, I think, as a fan, as a 49ers fan, we're going to actually see a direction. It's not going to be like a, WTF stick <laughs> like what? What is happening? I don't know. I don't get it. But I think that that has a lot to, you know, be said. I mean, I think that for the first time we're going to see some real clear direction and it's something that the fans need. I think that's what the organization needs. I think that's what the team and the players need. So I think it's, it's going to be a, in any event, we're going to see a direction and I think that's something positive. I have a lot of trust and faith in, um, Lynch and Shanahan, and granted, I, I don't have a lot to go on yet, but for some reason, maybe it's, maybe it's an instinct thing, maybe it's just naivete, maybe it's just hope, but I actually do have a lot of trust and faith in them, so I would agree to not rush a judgment and, um, you know, see what they do, give them a chance. Oh, I have one more question for Matt. No, of course, go ahead. <laughs> Fournette, in all your drafts, is this really who you think is number two? It's more like what I'm hearing than what I'm thinking. I, he is my second-rated player in the draft, but I wouldn't take a running back at two. But okay. you know, mock drafts are always a you know more of a what I hear than what I would actually do. Um, I got asked earlier today, like, you know, what would you do if you had the number two pick in the draft? And I was like, man, I would sell that thing right now to the highest bidder and just try to collect picks because this it's a bad roster and it's not a great draft to have the number two pick like we were talking about earlier. So. I would I would try to get out of that number two spot as soon as possible. All right, Matt. I'm okay, gonna. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steph. <laughs> what did you say, Steph? Sorry. Steph, what'd you say? I said that makes me feel better because I think Fortnite is a monster, and I think he's going to be an asset to any team, and he's huge. I mean, the guy is like what two forty, and he's a running back, and he runs into things and pulls everybody behind him. But whatever is in front of him, it's like he's definitely a monster. It just seems, um, it just seems like a reach to. I mean, and I just think for what the Forty ers need to do with their slant. And the way Shanahan's offense works, I think there's an argument to be made that he doesn't fit the 40 minute offense. So I was curious about that when I saw your uh, mock draft, but now I feel better. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that you feel better. Um, so, Matt, before you go, I'm going to put you on the spot a little. Can you give us your picks for the 49ers? Pretend, pretend they, let's just pretend they stay at number two for now. And everyone that you would want is available each time you have to pick. Who are you picking? Oh, wow. If we're staying at two, um, <laughs> I would take Ruben Foster. Um, okay. I, I just I think he's one of the best players in the draft. And he's also he's a leader, and they need leaders on that defense right now. So um, not the sexiest pick, but that's where I would go. Great. Fantastic. Steph, I'm going to let you pick. Who do you want at number two? Like, if anybody's available? Any, well, okay, yes, if anybody's available. So, Miles Garrett, I mean, I think it, praise Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's who my pick would be. Let's pretend Miles Garrett isn't available. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, gosh, this is hard, this is hard. I like, I like Ruben Foster, too. Um, 
Um, I sort of have a change of opinion after this discussion with Matt, but I really like, and I feel, I'm going to say, I'd say Solomon Thomas. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask myself the same question, um, <laughs> because it's my question. <laughs> <laughs> so I get to answer. Um, I'm going to, I actually, I also like Ruben Foster, and I think Matt, who knows this a lot better than I do, yeah. um, made a lot of really, really good points, but I'm still really into Malik Hooker. And I don't know if I just can't let go of that because the Michigan Wolverine in me is so proud of myself for rising above and liking <laughs> Malik Hooker that I just can't let go of that as a pick. Um, but I'm into him. But I, I think that any of the players we've talked about would obviously be a major upgrade on this team. So, uh, we will see. We are just over a week away. I feel like, as 49er fans, we've been talking about the draft since week two of the season. Um, so, it's, it's exciting. It's finally just about here. Uh, yay. Uh, well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. I know this is a crazy time of year for you. I had said to Matt before the podcast, he's kind of like an accountant. This is his time of year. So, I appreciate you. <laughs> taking the time to talk to us uh, and imparting your wisdom and knowledge. It was really awesome to have you on again. Yeah, well, I, like I said, thank you guys for having me and, and hopefully um, everyone enjoys the draft and afterward I can hop back on and we can, we can either cry together or, or high five. You know what? I like it. We will have Matt back on after the draft. Yay! I know. We could have like a draft beer after the draft. We could. I like it. Like, misery. Or a draft of martini to celebrate however you want to look at it (laughs) um all right everybody thank you so much go niners all right go niners